0: Hello and welcome to this very special podcast and this very special feature. With me today I have, in my studio, a very acclaimed and award-winning presence in the form of a reviewer, philanthropist, author, and poet, Mr. Musa Umar. Musa, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing quite well, thank you for having me. And of course, you're welcome for being here.
0: Okay, okay, we have a bit of an eagle. But anyways, today we're going to be addressing an issue and a topic that I hold pretty close to me and I feel Mr. Umar has quite a lot of opinions about. Yes. We're going to be talking about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yes, we we're going to be talking about its past. We're going to ta- be talking about its recent projects. We're going to be talking about its expansion into web series and we're going to be talking about its future and what it holds. Yes. And Mr. U- Umar here of course is a director yes. and an actor in many 72 famous 72 years
1: of directing in fact. Clearly, clearly. Yes.
0: Uh, we have a very acclaimed guest. I don't know how many times I have to say it to please his ego. Three three times. One more time. One more time. Okay. A very special guest. Acclaimed sir. Acclaimed. Okay. Acclaimed special special you, guest I can, I can he remember. is in fact the president of 50 countries himself oh, 52, 52 okay he's got himself and anyways mm-hmm. stay tuned for more i, sw- I promise it's going to be a lot more organized than this introduction <laughs> All right, so I want to start off today by just establishing your basic opinions on the MCU as a whole. Obviously, it's really brought superheroes and that genre into the spotlight, and a lot of its basic characters and its movies are becoming household names. So, what are your general opinions on what it's done right and wrong so far? Right, so I
1: think we'll start with Marvel's success, mm-hmm. the reason why it has that success, and yeah. I think that's mostly because of accessibility. Mm-hmm. Marvel provides a very general audience for their movies, mm-hmm. although their the negative may be being that their storytelling and things that are like intricate dialogue and things such as that are not as developed. Yeah, They do have a more intrigue to like children, any age can go and watch a Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. That's what makes them so popular, right? That's yeah. why you see everybody talking about the newest Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. It's because they can go with their friends, their family, basically anyone. So are you saying that accessibility
0: and simplicity are its greatest strengths?
1: I believe so. I think when it comes down to it, it's why it's so popular is because of the accessibility and the fact that it's so simple to comprehend. Although in recent times, I will have to say that that accessibility is going down due to things like Disney+, Plus Mm -hmm. subscription fees forcing you to understand, in Mm -hmm. order to understand the story because you have to know what's happening prior to watching the movie.
0: So to establish your basic opinions, you would say that you're someone who is generally positive with Marvel and what they've done so far.
1: I think Marvel has done a great amount of things for the movie industry. You know, mm-hmm. as a director myself of 72 years, mm-hmm. I, I've seen movies evolve a lot. Mm-hmm. I was back back when they were black and white. I was there, right? I was yeah. the guy who made that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have to say that introducing a new concept mm-hmm. comes with a lot of downfalls as well, yeah. a lot of drawbacks, mm-hmm. and Marvel, some of
0: those obviously mm-hmm. we'll be addressing later. Yes, so of course. Stay in- stay, stay tuned. Yeah. So Musa, as you were just saying, Mm -hmm. you think that Marvel's accessibility or its simplicity has really gone down because of Disney Plus and the new introduction. So I just want to move away from that for a second, and Uh I want to talk about its recent projects, Mm -hmm. Phase 4. Now, for people who are not as nerdy as us, Uh normal people, but Phase 4 is its recent projects such as Spider-Man, Black Panther, things like Eternals. So in Phase 4, we've seen the introduction and the continuation of a lot of old fan-favorite storylines. So how do you think Phase... Before Marvel introduced Phase 4, Mm -hmm. their producer and their directors introduced it as a very important and very influential phase for the universe as a whole. Mm -hmm. Phase 4 was coming right after Infinity War and Endgames, Mm -hmm. obviously, as you know, blockbuster movies, movies that surpassed their own movies, and movies that set records, right? right? And Phase 4 was supposed to be a new beginning. So... In your opinion, has Phase 4 really been the make or break of the MCU?
1: Well, to cut straight to you, I think it's been quite a disappointment so far. And I think that's for a couple of reasons. Mm -hmm. First of all, being that it just, you know, we're just off that Infinity War Thanos hype, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody's excited for what Marvel's got cooking up next. And we see a lot of movies that take it a lot. Further down, they mm-hmm. tone it a lot further back. Yeah. It's no longer a threat to the whole world. It's a lot less tense, mm-hmm. and we also see a lot more repetition, right? Who, who yeah. wants to keep watching the same thing over and over? And we kind of feel that mm-hmm. because we see the same characters, the protagonists or an antagonists. Mm-hmm. Protagonists face challenges. Protagonists conquers antagonists. Yeah. That's what the movies templates are, mm-hmm. and repetition is something that people get tired of, obviously. Mm-hmm. But when
0: this scheme or this recipe has been working so well for Marvel for the past three phases, for the past five or six years, how do you think they should change this? Or how do you think phase four could have done something different to make it more intriguing to a new audience or more intriguing to people who are expecting so much and for... Many,
1: it has been such a letdown. I think in all honesty, there's so many people that look to Marvel as like the new big thing, mm-hmm. Marvel to deliver every single time that it's almost impossible to do so. Yep. And they kind of have to go the safe route, right? Mm-hmm. They have to go the route that they know has been working in the past, and mm-hmm. I think that's why they're failing. Mm-hmm. It's because they're not they're too scared to try anything new because their fans are fans are so demanding. Strong words from our 72-year-old director. Yes, yes, I've been in this field for quite a time. Exactly, you've said that several times. You have to take risks here. Okay.
0: You know? Okay. Now let's look at the individual movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, Phase 4 saw the introduction and the continuation of many important and many fan-favorite names. We saw movies such as Spider-Man, mm. movies that earned high on the overall uh, making list. Sorry, I'm not very it's advanced right, in the film version. Right. You're nervous because I'm here. Exactly. It, it. Your presence, it's, exactly. it's so... Mm -hmm. Okay, I I can't even find words yeah okay so movies like Spider-Man which are already in the top 10 for highest earning movies of all time so when you say that this phase has been such a disappointment Mm -hmm. how do you address movies like that movies that have already cracked some of the best movies we've
1: ever seen exactly well I I think Marvel will always rake in the cash right? I think just Marvel in general is this cinematic Mm -hmm. universe and as I said before it comes with its positives and negatives Mm -hmm. positives being it's so expansive and so accessible to everybody they're always going to have an audience Mm -hmm. and the negatives being that their quality is probably going to deteriorate over time because they don't have new unique stories to tell and i think the reason why spider-man was so popular is because it relied on nostalgia yep. a lot of older watchers of people who watched the first spider-mans they were just super excited to see all their favorite actors in a room together that's mm-hmm. kind of why the movie sold so well although i will say in phase four compared to the, some of the other movies like black widow the dialogue pieces in the story was not half bad although not surpassing anything
0: okay now phase four was also hyped up to be the second or the the sequence or the second movie for a lot of major characters mm-hmm. like characters like Spider-Man as we right, said yeah. characters like Black Panther mm-hmm. and one major one that I want to focus a lot on is Doctor Strange cuz nice. the first Doctor Strange movie that we as we saw mm-hmm. was a very big success for Marvel it was And since Marvel has hyped up this multiverse concept so much, Mm -hmm. a lot of people and a lot of critics, such as yourself, Mm -hmm. thought that Doctor Strange should be the main person that they should focus on. But then if you look at Doctor Strange multiverse in madness, Mm -hmm. a lot of people were disappointed by that. And a lot Mm -hmm. of people, even in his role in Spider-Man No Way Home, a lot of people were disappointed about how weak they portrayed him. Mm -hmm. What do you think Marvel has done wrong with Doctor Strange or characters like Doctor Strange that are supposed to be at the peak of their hierarchy in terms of power Mm -hmm. and comparing them and in putting, pitting them against characters? such as spider-man who himself calls himself a street level
1: hero right see this is a problem that many authors come across Mm -hmm. Uh, even i have come across it in many of my fantasy books which you should check out um that being introducing a way too powerful character Mm -hmm. into the universe okay a character that has such control and can Mm -hmm. overcome a lot of obstacles will make a lot of things redundant Mm -hmm. so they have to end up using creativity and ways to how do I say weaken that character okay. but I think the way they went about weakening Doctor Strange was very non-creative they practically just said he can't do this anymore okay. but
0: don't you think Marvel also serves a paradox because in mm-hmm. Spider-Man No Way Home mm-hmm. he was defeated by geometry yes. but in Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness in his own standalone movie yeah. he defeated Scarlet Witch yes. who is perhaps one of the strongest villains Marvel has ever seen right. I would compare her even to Thanos to some yes. smaller extent yes. She. we saw her beat the Fantastic Four in mm-hmm. a matter of minutes we saw her completely collapse multiverse and almost shatter it on her own. So what do you think Marvel is doing there?
1: See, I have to tell you this because, uh, you know, i got to correct you when you're wrong. Okay. It was not the Fantastic Four. It was instead the Illuminati, a oh, different organization. than the am Please get your facts right next time. <laughs> okay, okay, as I okay. was saying, I think Marvel does tend to give the spotlight and power yeah. to mm-hmm. their main character within okay. that movie. Yeah. They want to generate hype for that specific character. Mm-hmm. That is kind of how they do it. And they don't want a side character to feel like they're overshadowing. Otherwise, okay. they can't use the name in the title, yeah. right? Yep. They can't say a Spider-Man movie mm-hmm. and have Doctor Strange take care of most of the villains. That is very true. That's why you're the special. Here. Exactly.
0: Okay. Listen now, now, I want to continue on this road for a bit longer, mm-hmm. and let's look at what went wrong in Doctor Strange. Because if you look at the movie, the character, the hero, yes. Doctor Strange as a whole, yeah. was a fan favorite. Mm-hmm. I personally loved him in the first movie, and I think it was one of the greatest successes mm-hmm. of the early phases of Marvel. Scarlet Witch was a brilliant villain, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. She I agree. greatly encapsulated her power mm-hmm. and demonstrated in several scenes. Uh, while Attacking the Doctor Strange's stronghold or beating the Illuminati. I'm yes. sorry for I'm, I'm wronging right that. This time. So what would you say mm-hmm. you went wrong?
1: I think it comes down to a couple of things. And mm-hmm. we're going to go way further back, not even watch the movie yet, mm-hmm. to the advertising of the movie. Okay. You remember what it was advertised at? It was advertised as a horror kind of psychic mm-hmm. thriller, you know, yeah. make your brain bend a bit. Mm-hmm. None of that occurred. Okay. i say it'd be horror for about a six-year-old child, but if, mm-hmm. when you pass that age, it's not going to be horror anymore. Okay. And I think it falls fall flat in the advertising portion, so mm-hmm. people were looking for something and didn't necessarily find it. Yeah. In addition, the we talk about the visual aspects, mm-hmm. the CGI of the movie. Yeah. It was very mediocre and sometimes even b- below that. Okay. I think... This is a problem that many other movies have too, where mm-hmm. they're focusing on the quantity, pumping these movies out, rather mm-hmm. than the quality to put it in. So,
0: it. do you think Marvel is truly becoming a quantity over quality? I believe production? very
1: much so. And some people, and I even I somewhat think that's not a bad thing. Okay, there's always other movies. It's not just Marvel in this field. And mm-hmm. Marvel, what they bu- give you is the consistency. They give you a constant thing to look forward to. Mm -hmm. And that is a certain thing that people enjoy. And that's definitely Mm -hmm. a niche that they can take over. For sure. But then you can also have other movies Mm -hmm. that give you that intricate storytelling as such.
0: Okay. So I just want to direct your attention to another movie. Mm -hmm. And so... As I said, another character or another hero that saw a second version of their own movie was mm. Black Panther. Right. Black Panther was a very special case because, of course, sadly, Chadwick yes. Boseman the actor died. Mm-hmm. And they had to completely alter the way they were going to present the movie to us. Mm-hmm. How do you think Black Panther did some compared to something like Doctor Strange? Because Doctor Strange had everything going for it, right? right? But I would say, personally, and even box offices, mm-hmm. so that Doc, Black Panther performed better. What mm-hmm. do you think they did that was so special? Um,
1: let's think about it for a minute. Well, mm-hmm. see... Black Panther You have to keep into consideration that the director had to practically rewrite the whole script. Yeah. And doing so, they still managed to create a movie that mm-hmm. had its ups, downs, and emotional investment. Yeah. And I think a lot of the emotion that was portrayed in Black Panther was mm-hmm. lacking in movies like Doctor Strange. Okay. It tapped into side characters that we did not normally see before, mm-hmm. such as Nakia and Okoye. Yeah. They got a lot more screen time, and it was more about the development of the character, development of Shuri throughout the movie. So would you say that Black Panther, it really addressed... Mm-hmm the audience's emotion as a whole because the audience yes. was feeling what the characters felt in the death of Chadwick Boseman. I think that relatability is why it's so popular. Mm-hmm. In addition, I say the CGI, although not amazing, was mm-hmm. better than Doctor Strange and you could feel the heart put into the movie.
0: Okay, so do you think that that emotional aspect is really what gave it a kick over Doctor Strange? I, or? I,
1: I do think so. I think that the people behind it were also mm-hmm. more invested into the characters because at some point you got to think about the fact that you're people who write these movies, they're mm-hmm. writing so many of them. Maybe at some point they feel less, less, you know, passionate about it okay, okay. and you can kind of feel that through the screen
0: now another thing I want to talk about is Marvel's villains mm-hmm. in this, in yeah. this phase yeah. we in Spider-Man we saw a whole ensemble a of, of yeah. villains and obviously we can't really address a lot of that since they're classic villains yeah, we know what they were bringing to the table yes. and they obviously delivered I don't think anything wrong was done by those mm-hmm. villains
1: do you agree? I agree too mm-hmm. I think they were more of a nostalgia Like yeah. those characters are kind of caricatures of themselves yeah. they focus on one personality mm-hmm. trait and they advance that
0: now let's look at other villains Scarlet Witch uh, other than the Vision and Vision series that we mm-hmm. saw on Disney+, Plus, yep. this was the first real time we saw her in a negative light. Right. And, of course, I think she did pretty well. I think yeah. she established okay. herself as a very strong villain. Mm-hmm. And then let's look at another villain, and we were talking about Black Panther previously. Mm-hmm. So let's look at Namor. Mm-hmm. Namor was a completely new character that we were introduced to. Mm-hmm. So what is your opinion on Namor and, like, his casting, his role, and his figure, and his character overall? How was it flushed out in Black yeah, Panther? let's start with the
1: casting, right? Mm-hmm. I think the casting was very well done. Okay. T- Acuerta fills the role very well mm-hmm. and I like the fact that they diversified it, Black Panther which is already known for diversity and bringing new stuff to culture yeah diversify even more. Yeah, they went from one minority to another. Exactly, yeah. And I think that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. I very much think that it added more life to the movie. Okay. And uh, I do think that the portrayal of the character was um, well done, but Mm -hmm. the character's arc and their story themselves were a bit basic. Like You understand what I'm trying to say. Yeah. It's, I want to defend my homeland, so I have to do a greater wrong for my people. Of course. It's a story that we've seen many times before. Mm -hmm. And again, we see like Shuri go through her motions of fighting Namor and revenge. Mm -hmm. We see Killmonger back... And all of that is very interesting, and a baseline is a good concept, but when you think about it from an outside perspective and a more intricate perspective, mm-hmm. it's very lacking. It doesn't okay. introduce anything new.
0: But overall, would you say Namor was a good villain for yes. his first movie, was his first casting ever, and his first introduction into the MCU? Mm-hmm. What do, you think, what, do you think he did better than some other villains you've seen in I the past? I do
1: think so. I think it was a well-done overall okay. job, whether it be the casting, the acting, mm-hmm. the story, it was all meshed. Fairly well, so and it made me remember the villain. So,
0: so far, what we've seen in Phase 4 and what we've talked about so far, the villains have been pretty good. They've been pretty impressive, mm. and they've kept their bar pretty high. Yes. Now, let's look at another movie. Let's look at Black Widow. Mm. Black Widow is a big stain on Marvel's uh-huh. Production as a whole, in my opinion, mm-hmm. would you agree with that?
1: See, I'll have to be honest with you here. I don't watch movies like that because they're so far below my expectations. Okay, so okay. I'll have to allow you to take care of the mm-hmm. discussing this movie. Okay,
0: so the one main thing I want to discuss is on topics of villains. I want to discuss Taskmaster because Taskmaster mm-hmm. in the comics and yes. before we the movie came out, we expected him to be a very intense villain. We accepted right. him to bring a lot to the table. Right. But in Black Widow, would you say, of course, the CGI was a big talking point when mm-hmm. Black Widow came out that that was disappointing and that the overall storyline was very plain. Mm-hmm. But now, again, there's that paradox of villains that Marvel has come, come out with so many classic villains in the past yeah. like Doc Ock, Green mm-hmm. Goblin, Thanos, right. and even newer villains like Namor. They've mm-hmm. been doing well on the big screen. Yes. Then a villain like Taskmaster failed miserably, in my right. opinion. Where do you think that went wrong?
1: Well, since I haven't watched the movie, I can't speak too many- Of course, you don't watch movies like that. Right, it's so so Mm -hmm.
0: mediocre, I could never. My Mm -hmm. eyes would not even sit through it. Okay, so now that we've basically covered all the old heroes, Mm -hmm. let's look at some new ones that were introduced in this phase. And, of course, we're going to address the Disney Plus aspect later, but I want to focus on one major movie that I know you've watched and I know you're a fan of, and I personally haven't watched, Mm -hmm. Shang-Chi. Oh, yeah. Shang-Chi was... Interesting. Some people Mm -hmm. thought that it was a bit boring and that it came out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. Others thought that it was a great new addition. And, again, Marvel diversified in their casting. They brought another culture or Mm -hmm. another aspect or another perspective into their universe. So what are your opinions on the
1: new introduction of the character? I think that's like Marvel's lifeblood. It's bringing Mm -hmm. communities together. And they do an excellent job Mm -hmm. of that. And with Shang-Chi, the reason I liked it so much Mm -hmm. is because it's just a pure Marvel movie. It's basically the normal plot of a Marvel movie, but Mm -hmm. done to its utmost degree. Okay. It is what you can get the most out of with this plotline, mm-hmm. with the antagonist facing the an- and, sorry, with the protagonist facing the antagonist, succeeding at the end, mm-hmm. going through trials and tribulations throughout the way. It's okay. basically the peak of that. It's the best you can get out of such a storyline.
0: Mm-hmm. So now that we've addressed all the major movie projects that Mm -hmm. came out during phase four yes why would you say because in your opinion at the start of phase four was pretty disappointing for you but when you look at the overall opinions that we shared during this segment we saw that no way home you thought was a good movie Mm -hmm. but that played off nostalgia but the numbers say that it did pretty well we see black panther which you thought was a good movie Mm -hmm. but it and it connected to you emotionally but again it didn't hold the same fast-paced or that action that we expect from marvel because of course of real life circumstances we looked at movies like black panther Mm -hmm. or black Sorry, again i'm not very experienced Sorry. but again when we looked at a movie like black widow mm-hmm. a movie that was hyped up so much because right. of uh the character being a fan favorite and being so beloved by the audience mm-hmm. we saw that fail mm-hmm. but then we saw a movie like shang chi uh, that succeeded mm-hmm. and now another movie that i want to talk about another new introduction and another paradox i think because mm-hmm. With Shang-Chi, an introduction of a new cast. Yes. That succeeded fairly well, I wouldn't did. you say? Yeah. But then there was another new introduction of cast that we saw and another new ensemble of characters that we saw introduced, mm-hmm. The Eternals. Mm-hmm. That movie, of course, I personally haven't seen and I'm not mm-hmm. sure if you have seen either. Right. But the reviews for that, that I've heard from several other acclaimed reviewers such as yourself, yes. are pretty negative. Right. So why do you think Marvel is so hit and miss? Where, why has the consistency been going down between movies like Shang-Chi, which is a new introduction, Eternals is a new introduction? Mm-hmm. Where do you think that
1: went wrong? It's a very interesting thing to say because like, I couldn't properly pinpoint why some movies do well and why some don't.
0: Mm-hmm. Of course. So, we'll continue this discussion later on. Phase 4 overall, would you still say it's been a disappointment?
1: I mean, I'd say that you've convinced me that it has not. I think okay. there has been some proper successes in it. Okay. And it brings about the topic of people seeing failure mm-hmm. a lot more clearly than they see success. That is an and interesting with something take. as large as Marvel, it mm-hmm. becomes even more magnified. Great. Thank you for
0: your opinions, mm-hmm. and we'll be back shortly with our previous segue of quantity versus quality. All right, so one of the main things that we did allude to in our last segment mm-hmm. was quantity versus quality right. obviously that's the age-old argument that how do you strike that correct balance because if you look at maybe some of the older phases since like phase one phase two we saw a very small amount of projects come through in that mm-hmm. time we saw very little that was introducing us into the universe but again I would argue that the quality of those was very, very high. They were very intricate. They were very precise with what they released. And maybe with the number of projects that we see now being released in Phase 3, Phase 4, it has gone up drastically. So what is your opinion? Is Marvel really facing that dilemma now of quantity versus quality?
1: I think so. That's because, like, in, in a way, they've opened Pandora's box. They mm-hmm. have so much content now and so yeah. much to cover over, mm-hmm. they have to go with the quantity route. Mm-hmm. But I still believe they could have quality in their movies. I, I'm not, it's something that eludes me, right? Okay. They have the budget and they can afford many CGI artists and to pay them well. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, even still, their CGI quality sometimes wavers. Okay. So, in your opinion, has Marvel's greatest strength always just been their CGI? No, 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 not no. at all. It's the fact that they can immerse someone into a different universe. Okay. And you think CGI is the best tool to do that? I do think so. I think visually doing it is the best way to do
0: so. So, would you say that the stories that have been released, right, Mm -hmm. do you think the quality in the storytelling or the plots, has that gone down or is it just in CGI and like the visual aspect of it?
1: I believe the quality has not gone down and I think if you look back to some of the older movies, Mm -hmm. we see a lot of the same plot. Okay. We don't see anything too extravagant, but it's because it was the first time it's been done that it was so intriguing to many people. Mm -hmm. But now they're using the same formula over and over, it just becomes less intriguing.
0: Okay. So your main argument is that just visual appeal is extremely important in a Marvel yes, movie for you I agree. you would say that that immersification of you in a new world mm-hmm. that's what you were looking for when you go into a Marvel yeah. movie and obviously Marvel is heavily reliant on that action and sort of immersing you into that world yes in movies like I would say movies like Infinity War or Endgame mm-hmm. we saw the best of their CGI work I agree but After that, it's been a steady decline, wouldn't you agree? I agree, too, because they have so much stuff to cover. Mm -hmm. And they don't have the proper resources, for some reason, to cover Mm -hmm. them properly. So, perhaps when your biggest movie ever, like... Infinity War, Endgame came out, mm-hmm. a lot of their CGI staff was focused on that one project. But like, right. of course, now that they've spread them so thin mm-hmm. across Disney Plus series, mm-hmm. across several different movies, do you think that staff is being overworked to an extent or where they can't focus on one project mm-hmm. since they've been given so much stuff to deal with?
1: I think this is a truth that people have to understand. They're mm-hmm. obviously being overworked. Okay, It's not possible to have mm-hmm. that many people work on so many projects. Mm-hmm.
0: So how does Marvel address this? Because as... Uh, we've already seen and mm-hmm. has their producers and directors have introduced us yeah. the, they have plans for several several years into the future they mm-hmm. have plans that date until 2027 even times that you know maybe a newer mm-hmm. generation would be coming into Marvel mm-hmm. so when they already have so many plans and those plans can only be achieved in that time with so much quantity of product and production being released mm-hmm. how do they fix that because if you sort of thin out the amount of movies that you're releasing of right. course that's going to increase the amount of time that it mm-hmm. takes to cover the same amount of, of product or mm-hmm. the same amount of stuff so how do you think they address that
1: see this is what makes me extremely glad that i'm not in their position mm-hmm. because i feel they've already misstepped okay they've announced what they're going to do in the future they've announced their timeline so mm-hmm. now they have to meet them yeah the only reasonable solution to this mm-hmm. problem of too much quantity and mm-hmm. too much to cover is to just cover it at a slower pace okay that way you're delivering the quality and you have a lot higher of a lifespan mm-hmm. for your universe
0: okay so one of the main movies that i want to focus on in this segment in the argument of quantity versus quality mm-hmm. is the new thor movie mm-hmm. thor love and thunder right see the thor franchise has always been quite polarizing for mm-hmm. a lot of people yes. we saw the first couple movies take pretty negative reviews in a time that Marvel was really stepping their game up. We saw a series such as Iron Man. We saw Spider-Man. We saw movies like that really come through. We saw see, franchises such as Captain America, Black mm-hmm. Panther start, start off with such a bang. Mm-hmm. And then there was this one outlier. There was an outlier of Thor. Yes. Thor's first movie. Thor The Dark World. They were all big disappointments. Mm-hmm. But then, in the recent past, we saw a change in the director. Mm -hmm. We saw Taika Waititi come in, and he directed perhaps what is the savior of the Thor franchise, and that was Thor Ragnarok. Yes. Would you agree that that was... An amazing movie and mm-hmm. basically a lifesaver for that franchise See, and the character.
1: I am currently unable to call any movie amazing apart okay. from my own. I always yeah. a very good okay. movie, believe it at that. It okay. was a good movie.
0: Okay. So maybe a bit of ego playing through there? No, no, no. Okay, okay. Maybe just facts. So exactly. but then when you look at this fourth movie or this fourth fourth in- installment, mm-hmm. this character that is one of your mainstays. He's yep. one of the original five mm-hmm. that really established and defined this MCU. Mm-hmm. And he's one of the last left since they have killed off so many, like Captain America or Iron Man. Yes. He His importance and his relevance really increases in magnitude. Mm-hmm. And then when you look at his new movie, which was talked about for so long, because what it would change in the character and what it would bring around, yes. we saw Thor: Thor Love and Thunder come out. Yep. Now, Thor Love and Thunder was another movie in Phase 4 that saw some negative reviews. Mm-hmm. Because, again, it sort of addressed that comedic element that YTD installed in Ragnarok mm-hmm. to a higher magnitude and to a higher degree than in his previous movies. Right. So do you, what do you think of that? Because the quality, <clears throat> again, if you look at either the plot, the plot development, the storyline, mm-hmm. or the CGI, all of that can be addressed as a decline in quality from previous, not even Thor movies, just Marvel movies overall. So mm-hmm. What do you think, YTD, or what do you think Love and Thunder did, did wrong in terms of the quality of the
1: movie? Uh, something I've realized about Marvel movies is that they want to form individual identities for each of their so-called series, like okay. the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. You look at those movies as sort of a comedy, right? Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, the Avengers movies are this big, epic lineup, this vast story. Mm-hmm. And Thor, they wanted to embody a certain identity. Okay. And they saw that the humor worked out in Ragnarok, mm-hmm. so they stuck to it. That's In film, that's something that's very common. You stick mm-hmm. to what works. Yeah. So they stuck to that humor element, made it a part of the Thor movies, or Thor franchise his identity Mm -hmm. and carried it on. But I think it is because of that aspect that everything else got overshadowed. Mm -hmm. It was just too much comedy. There's no tension. You Mm -hmm. couldn't even feel like the villain, which is supposed to be a super opposing figure in the comics, Mm -hmm. he was like practically nothing. It was a joke.
0: Okay. So do you think another reason that this specific movie has been so understated or so underappreciated is because... How do you think this character, this character of Thor, really fits into what Marvel is going for right now? Because their entire scheme is the multiverse. Mm -hmm. And you had movies, almost everything that came out was sort of related to that multiverse concept. Spider-Man was related to the multiverse concept. We saw Doctor Strange, of course, which is all around, situated by the multiverse. We saw the Black Panther movie, which again sort of drew away from that. But then we again saw Eternals, Mm -hmm. Shang-Chi again new introductions that really establish that multiverse concept right. as well but then you have an outlier again exactly. like thor thor doesn't really play into that multiverse concept at all mm-hmm. so again is this an issue with the quantity because everything that's building up right now is and everything that uh marvel has advertised these these phases as is the build-up to Kang. Kang mm-hmm. is their big new villain who's supposed to reach the same level as thanos mm-hmm. now Now they're looking to build for the multiverse, of course. So do you think Thor really needed to be released now? Because, of course, since they're building towards that, Thor is an outlier, right? So, again, are they focusing more on the quantity here just to get the name out, just to get a movie that has been anticipated Mm -hmm. for so long out, rather than focusing on the quality and how it meshes with the other movies that have been released around the same time?
1: Well, it's exactly as it seems. They want to make money. Okay. The door does not tie into this new overarching story whatsoever. But mm-hmm. guess what? His name, putting that name on a movie, mm-hmm. is going to rake in a lot of cash. And that's what cinema and movie and industry and everything really is about mm-hmm. at the end of the day.
0: Okay. So now that we have addressed that quantity versus quality issue, I want to talk about another thing. We mentioned it in the original five and the mention of them. But... There's always been, in any movie, and in, especially in the movie franchise and a cinematic universe that has spanned so many years, the passing of the torch between mm-hmm. old and new. Yes. Of course, the Fantastic Five was the original, right? Mm-hmm. They were the nostalgic core that we grew up with. You yes. know, that core of Hulk, Iron Man, Captain America, Black Widow, mm-hmm. Thor, Hawkeye, all of them, right? They were characters that were deeply embodied in our hearts. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of them have unfortunately died off. We saw Black Widow die. Yes. We saw Captain America die. We saw Iron Man die as well. So... And of course, Marvel tried to supplement that with the introduction of a lot of new, new characters. characters yeah. We saw people that would sort of take the torch from them. We saw mm-hmm. a younger version of Black Widow and her younger sister. We saw mm-hmm. Hawkeye train his own apprentice. Yes. And we saw even Captain Marvel, who is a sort of relatively new character, almost have her own spin offs in Miss Marvel and mm-hmm. Disney Plus series like that. So, how do you think this? Passing is gone, because of course it's going to be a natural rift in any movie series, mm-hmm. but in such a big one where characters are really the core of what attracts your audience towards the movies, how do you think Marvel has done this so far?
1: I think it comes, it's not really something that Marvel has control over, because whenever a scenario like this occurs, people mm-hmm. will always like the original more than its predecessor. Mm-hmm. Or sorry, predecessor means something before it, mm-hmm. more than what comes after Yeah, yeah. And in this specific case scenario, they didn't really give the characters enough time to build up. Okay. We don't have that connection that we did with the original five characters. Mm-hmm. And that's going to cost us because we're not going to care about what happens to them. Okay.
0: And maybe part of that is because a lot of them are being introduced to the Disney Plus shows.
1: Yes. That's okay, a, that's And awesome.
0: that is one of the main points that we're going to address right after this break. All right, Mr. Humor. So, I'm, excuse I'm, me, it's I'm pronounced sorry. Omer. I'm sorry, Mr. Paycher. I'm sorry. I just haven't heard of you that much. You're not very popular, oh, you know. You so, must live under a rock. Okay. Okay. Anyway, so let's not get distracted here. <laughs> so now, our main thing or the main attraction of this podcast is going to be our Disney Plus rent. Mm-hmm. Of course, Marvel, in the way it's going, is looking to really advance mm-hmm. its presence in all aspects of film and TV, yes. and they've decided that the new way to do it is introduce their own streaming platform, or a platform that they're going to put all their series on mm-hmm. that's going to expand the story to a whole new level, yep. and that's Disney+. Plus. Right. Disney+, Plus has been a big debate for some people, as they feel. For some people feel that it's really enhanced the storytelling. It's given Marvel a lot more scope for flushing out their characters a lot, introducing new ones, mm-hmm. and for others, it's
1: sort of a barrier. What do you feel it's been like? Well, so Disney Plus, or as I like to call it, Marvel's Netflix, is Mm -hmm. basically introducing a cash barrier in front of people who want to know the content. Mm -hmm. Marvel relies heavily on you knowing what happens in the past to truly connect with those characters. Now, only those with a lot of money in their pockets can do so.
0: Okay. So, I'm assuming you don't have Disney Uh, Plus?
1: See, I know how to properly spend my finances. As my book on financial literacy Mm -hmm. I wrote about two weeks ago is out now. You should... Give that a read.
0: I think I'm good, considering you don't have enough money to buy Disney Plus. No, it it was a financial
1: decision. Mm -hmm. Clearly, clearly. Mm -hmm.
0: So now the main argument is that Marvel says that the reason they've introduced Disney Plus is to flush out
1: characters. Mm -hmm. Do you think that has really happened? Well, as I have not viewed it, but I've heard about it, Mm -hmm. I would say it has happened, right? Okay. We've gotten some spotlight on characters that normally wouldn't get it, like Vision, Mm -hmm. Wanda, Loki. Loki has been quite a big thing, and I guess they introduced Kang through that show as well. Mm -hmm. I do think it's a good way of storytelling having an episodic format but I okay. do not agree with the fact that it's behind a ball of pay.
0: Okay. So, uh, would you agree that maybe a lot of Disney Plus series, of course not all of them, mm. they do you think is the right method or the right platform to introduce new characters on? Because of course this is the time like mm. we said of transition for right. Marvel. Transition from old to the new. Yeah. And if all of these new characters are being introduced on a platform that as you said is hidden behind a wall of money, yes. if that's where it's happening, isn't Marvel's viewership or like introduction or its overall intrigue to the general audience going to go down since they're not going to be as connected to the new ones for me personally and even for you since Mm -hmm. of course we can't afford it but anyways disney plus Mm -hmm. okay it's fine it's fine so anyways (laughs) disney plus is something that me and you personally Mm -hmm. aren't really invested in yes and the thing is that a lot of new characters are being introduced on that show or on that platform so now do you think that because of that marvel's
1: impact or its broader audience is going to go down I do not believe so. Okay. Because I believe that the general audience of Marvel is Mm -hmm. able to afford a Disney Plus membership. Unlike me and you. Yes. And those who aren't as invested in the universe obviously Mm -hmm. will not do it, but they will also not care if they miss out on those new characters. Okay. But aren't they going to be the staple of what's the
0: future? How long do you think Hulk, Thor, or the fragments of the past that still remain Mm -hmm. are going to stay there because for me when I go watch a Marvel movie I'm looking for those main characters I'm looking for the Thors I'm looking for the Iron Mans and when they're not there and when I have to watch even as a casual viewer when Mm -hmm. I have to watch characters that I know nothing about how invested am I going to be to even go watch just a name Marvel since I don't know anything that's happening I'm not connected even as a casual viewer to anything that's happening for example with Iron Man if you everyone knew that name and even if you weren't invested into Marvel you would Mm -hmm. go watch a movie just because of the name
1: exactly Well, everything comes down to a financial decision. Marvel made the decision of Mm -hmm. introducing their new projects through a subscription service because Mm -hmm. they believe they'd break in more cash. And there's always a downfall to a choice. A choice does not exist without losing something. And they will Mm -hmm. lose some of their viewer base. But it's not enough of an impact for them Mm -hmm. to reconsider their decision. Okay. you
0: think Disney Plus is also a way for Marvel to release projects that they feel didn't really weren't worth the big screen, because a lot of projects mm-hmm. of side characters, like you said, like yes. WandaVision, those projects, do you think something like that could ha- couldn't could have been done on a big screen, is that what Marvel's doing, that I smaller projects, is that's mm-hmm. Disney Plus for you? I
1: think that's precisely it. Okay. Some, a movie needs a certain amount of awe and intrigue to be seen in a big screen. Yeah. It has to follow a certain format, and mm-hmm. those that diverge from that, I am not saying they're wrong or incorrect, I think they just need a different format to shine. Yeah. Now, one main series that hasn't come out yet, but that
0: I want to focus on is that of Ironheart. Now, even the name itself or the title isn't something that a lot of people would be familiar with. Yes. The only reason I'm familiar with the title is because of Black Panther. Right. The character, Riri Williams, was introduced in the Black Panther movie, mm-hmm. and she's getting her own spin-off already in Ironheart. Mm-hmm. What do you feel about that, that a character so, so new has been introduced, right? And mm-hmm. she's obviously, as you can see, since she fits into that sort of passing the torch to the new, to the next generation. Yes. Do you think characters like that, characters that... No one's really going to be attracted to since we don't know anything about them. Mm. They haven't established their own sort of, they haven't staked out their own claim in Mm. the Marvel Universe. Do you think series like that are really worth taking away the CGI and the the staff from bigger uh, productions or bigger projects such as, you know, your
1: big box screen movies? Well, all names have to start somewhere. If we think Mm -hmm. back to it, the first Iron Man movie, who knew what Iron Man was? No one did. So it has to build on a foundation. It's really difficult to have a character, people care about a character, without first having an original movie for them. And I think this is a necessary thing for them to do if they want to keep their expansive universe continuing. They have to constantly introduce Mm -hmm. new characters.
0: So you think Disney Plus is a good platform to introduce new characters, such as maybe Mm -hmm. Daredevil's coming back? We've heard Agathas coming back. We've heard, of course, Miss Marvel Mm -hmm. and characters like that. We've been introduced to Moon Knight. All of those characters, since they're coming back, do you think that's, or being introduced on this platform, do you think that's a good way for Marvel to do it, sort of secondary to their big projects?
1: In all honesty, yes. It's because there's a lot of people that enjoy Marvel, and they Mm -hmm. need a lot of content to keep them intrigued into Mm -hmm. the universe. And this is how they supply that additional content. And there's Mm -hmm. some really intriguing stuff on those platforms, which I do not have, um, that a lot of people enjoy. And I think it is honestly a good thing. And in the corporate world we live in, it's Mm -hmm. almost a necessary thing. It's how they make additional money.
0: Mm -hmm. And do you think Disney Plus is also a place for Marvel to really provide what fans want that can't be done in the universe because of the place and the timeline it is in right now. For mm-hmm. example, Loki. Yes. Loki was, of course, in the big sc- big scheme, an extremely important series on Disney+. Plus. It introduced yep. us to King, and it really introduced us to the concept of the multiverse as a whole. Yes. But Loki was a character that was a fan favorite, of mm-hmm. course. In my opinion, he was probably one of the most touching heroes for me. Mm-hmm. And ever since his death in Infinity War, mm-hmm. fans had been rallying and hoping for another View or another glimpse of loki so do you mm-hmm. think disney plus is also a good expansion in that way that they can address characters that maybe don't fit into the overall aspect of marvel anymore mm-hmm. but that are still fan favorites and
1: that can still contribute in some way to the story contributing to the story is more of a second hand the first hand being they are a fan favorite that means that more okay. people will go to watch the series when it comes mm-hmm. out the more money they'll make mm-hmm. in addition things like what if are also yeah. more of just hey come here watch this so you didn't get to see it but mm-hmm. you can see it if you give me your money
0: so do okay. you think disney plus is more than cash grab then
1: I, well, it's obviously more than a cash grab. We mm-hmm. live in a world that's like dominated by streaming services and mm-hmm. in the competitor of Netflix, it is indeed more than a cash grab. It's a Disney version of Netflix okay. and it's almost a necessary thing that needs to exist.
0: So one of the main things that I also want to look at is Marvel's competition. Now, Marvel's competition is going to be on a lot of different bases. You can look at obvious comp- comparisons to the DC mm-hmm. uh, franchise, but one of the main comparisons that I want to look at is since we mentioned Disney Plus and the streaming services, something like Netflix, something like Amazon Prime. Mm -hmm. You think Marvel or that franchise is really trying to take over these streaming services as well and start to dominate that field as well? Or is that supplementary or is that secondary to them?
1: I think they're kind of dominated as well. I okay. mean, it's a big market and it's a very mm-hmm. successful market. And we see recently, mm-hmm. Netflix seems to be weakened. It's a good mm-hmm. opportunity to strike. Okay. Things like Amazon and Marvel or Disney Plus are beginning to rise more than Netflix mm-hmm. because Netflix is introducing things like higher prices mm-hmm. and even, to some extent, ads on their platform. Okay.
0: So do you think this is the right time for Marvel to be staking out their own claim and separate empire that they've never been in with a new streaming service like Disney Plus? Or do you think they should be focusing a lot more on the build-up of their core, which is their films?
1: Well, what they should be doing is based on what makes them the most profit. And currently, Mm -hmm. what will make them the most profit is dominating other markets. Okay. If we want to talk about this, we can, Marvel itself is an intellectual property. Yeah. It can have many different subsections. And we Mm -hmm. even see games of Marvel being made nowadays. Mm -hmm. And all this stuff is to target an audience in order to gain money.
0: Okay. But do you think all of this is basically an advertisement or sort of an introduction or a pathway to the movies? Do you think that the movies are still the core or do you think Marvel is moving away to Disney Plus?
1: I think the movies will always be the core. It's what started and ignited the entirety of Marvel. Mm -hmm. But nowadays it feels less like an advertisement to the movies and Mm -hmm. more like separate entities that you can also invest into.
0: Okay, so do you think Disney Plus has been a hit or a miss for Marvel so far?
1: I think it's been quite a hit. I'd say it's been raking in a lot of money. Mm -hmm.
0: But then... Another, oh, of course I agree with you that Marvel Plus or Marvel Plus sorry mm-hmm. Disney Plus has a lot of great series and a lot of yes. great integrations into the Marvel Universe that have really expanded the character base yep. but then there have been some series on there that I personally if I dare say so mm-hmm. I feel have been sort of a waste of time yeah. sort of series that have taken away from the main mm-hmm. story while not providing anything meaningful yeah. series like She-Hulk mm-hmm. She-Hulk was the second last Marvel project that came out in Phase 4 the last of course being Black Panther yep. so do you think Series like that, do you think, for me, in my opinion, were they really trying to introduce a new character or was that just sort of an advertisement or sort of just a marketing campaign of trying to introduce, sort of bring back Hulk and introduce a new character from the comics that we haven't really heard about?
1: I think She-Hulk's entire existence is due to the popularity of Hulk. Okay. They know if they make a show that even mm-hmm. subsets or has Hulk mm-hmm. as a sub-character, a lot of people would view it. Yeah. And that's kind of the entire reason for She-Hulk's existence. In, in addition to the diversity and having a woman in the role, that'll mm-hmm. also intrigue an audience.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, do you agree, me, agree with me then that there are some series that are maybe taking away from the main story and taking mm-hmm. the resources? Because She-Hulk was quite a long series, yes. or quite a long season. There were around eight or nine episodes in that. Do you think that is taking your resources from, as you say, the core of Marvel, this mm-hmm. movies?
1: I do think so. And I think in a scenario like this, there will always be misses. Mm-hmm. As many good shows and good series you'll have, mm-hmm. you'll always have bad shows and mm-hmm. things that don't live up to par. Same with the movies.
0: So... Like, while, yes, Disney Plus has been a great integration and a great expansion of the Marvel universe, Mm -hmm. do you think Marvel, for its resources, is there some mismanagement of them? Because as we said, they're spreading their CGI staff quite thin. They're spreading them over movies. Now they're into Disney Plus as well. Mm -hmm. So how does Marvel deal with that balance of Disney Plus and films? Films were always their core, but Disney Plus, is that their future? Maybe they should invest more into films or more into their series. How
1: do you manage that balance of time and projects? Well, Marvel being the first of its kind, such an expansive IP, mm-hmm. will have to kind of figure this stuff out as they go because they're the first to expand so far. Yeah, and I do think that they have to sh- branch out a bit more. They can't rely solely on the movies. Okay, and I think they're do- going about it in a fairly decent way, although encountering a lot of hiccups, which are a necessity. They're still going about it and achieving relative success.
0: So, would you say that the drop in quality has some sustenance to the Disney Plus's introduction?
1: Hmm. Interesting. I think. One could say so. But okay. then again, Disney Plus itself is also given a lot. Yeah. So I feel like in a way, again, it's a choice. Mm-hmm. And a choice to maybe lower the quality of the movies slightly mm-hmm. in order to gain a lot more from creating Disney Plus and having shows on there.
0: Yeah, like everything everything has two sides. Exactly. Disney Plus, it one side has been really good for Marvel, but mm-hmm. on the other side their movies have been dropping off. Yes. Now in our next segment we will be talking about the future of Marvel and its other comparisons to movies and blockbusters such as Avatar. Stay tuned. Whoa. Okay, so now the next thing I want to look at is sort of Marvel's comparison to sort of these other blockbusters that have been coming out at the same time. Mm-hmm. And One of the main movies I want to focus on is Avatar, yes. The Way of Water. Yeah. Of course, there's nothing similar between the Marvel Cinematic Universe and a franchise like Avatar mm-hmm. since, of course, one comes out with a movie every few months mm-hmm. and the other one comes out with a movie after seven or eight years, mm-hmm. or almost more than a decade even.
1: Yeah.
0: Now, the one thing that I think can be comparatively sort of addressed and compared between Marvel movies and the new Avatar movie, Mm -hmm. is CGI. Because, of course, the CGI in Avatar Veil of Water Mm -hmm. really showed us what generation of CGI we live in and Mm -hmm. what extent and what amazing things CGI can do. And why do you think Avengers movies or Marvel movies or the recent Marvel movies like Black Panther or Doctor Strange, Mm -hmm. what do you think they've been so significantly lacking or significantly tiers below what Avatar showed us can be possible with CGI?
1: Well, there are many things that are possible if enough time is put into them. Mm -hmm. And time seemingly is the only thing that Marvel movies do not have. Mm -hmm. As they are constantly releasing new movies, they put less and less into the actual framework and more into getting them out there. Something like Avatar shows the absolute pinnacle when effort, Mm -hmm. time, and compassion is put into a project. Something Mm -hmm. like Marvel shows us what is necessary to get something out, something that is viewable. Okay,
0: so how do you think Marvel can compete against blockbusters that come out like Avatar? Because I feel like a lot of people would prefer a movie like Avatar Mm -hmm. over sort of what's become a regular occurrence like a Marvel movie. It seems like every month you have a new one coming out or a new product of Marvel coming out. Mm -hmm. How do you think Marvel can compete against that?
1: Well, it's like you just said. It's like every month you have a new Marvel movie coming Mm -hmm. out. So why would they be phased if one of their movies made slightly less due to another big release?
0: Okay, but is it really only one movie? Because as we've seen from the demographics... Phase four has consistently mm. gone down in the amount of money it's made. Other yes. than Spider-Man No Way Home, which was sort of an anomaly almost in this phase that sort of jumped into the top 10 of the highest making movies ever. Everything else has sort of been a letdown. Yep. So, so,
1: Marvel is facing somewhat of a roadblock right now. This yep. recent phase, they've disappointed a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And as we spoke about prior, maybe those people are being a bit too harsh in their judgment, but mm-hmm. in reality, maybe they're not. Okay. And now what Marvel has to focus on is what they're going to do for the future. They have to turn that disappointment into something else, right?
0: Mm-hmm. So now that's also an interesting concept that you've brought up of the future mm-hmm. where does Marvel go from here because we know this entire thing that has been advertised has been to build up for Kang yes. Kang is the next big villain the only other which we've been seen is Thanos right. now my question here is that looking ahead looking to the future of Marvel do you think that movies or the culmination of this entire saga which is going to come in the form of two Avengers movies the Avengers the Kang Dynasty and mm-hmm. Avengers Secret Wars do you think they can really match up to what Thanos did in his own movies of Infinity War
1: and Endgame? Mm-hmm. I'm a bit cynical so I'm going to have to answer with no because mm-hmm. I feel that Thanos he brought an entirely different thing to the movies okay. to, to the big screen. He mm-hmm. brought this daunting force that was built up over 10 years of cinema. Okay. Meanwhile Kang is basically trying to repeat that but in like one tenth of the time frame. Okay. To truly accomplish what Thanos did you're practically going to have to repeat it. You're going to have to pose a threat to the universe and we've always, already seen a threat to the universe in the form of Thanos. Mm-hmm. So how much Really, is that threat going to break, if we've already seen one of his kind?
0: Okay, but if you're to believe Marvel and what their producers say, Kang has been controlling, sort of, has been the, sh- the figure in the shadows, or the puppeteer of the entire thing. It is said that Kang brought upon Thanos, and it's said that Kang influenced this whole thing. But do you think Thanos was sort of perceived as this more important figure, because his accomplishments and his power was a lot more visual? We saw a lot more of his power in for example, the first Avengers movie, the attack on New York, that was Thanos. Mm-hmm. We saw a lot more of what Thanos can do, yes. and we've only heard of Kang, whispers from the Shadows. Mm-hmm. So do you think that is a problem, that Thanos was a lot more visual and a lot more outspoken with his mm-hmm. power, and Kang has sort of just been this figure in the background that we just don't know a
1: lot about? Yes, I think you put it very well. Mm-hmm. If you hear someone do something, yeah. you hear someone do this amazing feat, mm-hmm. you're less inclined to believe it unless you see it with their own eyes, and it's mm-hmm. a whole different story. Okay. And in addition, you were saying that they're singing the praises of Kang. They're saying he's this big big villain that's going to change everything, well, they're kind of inclined to. Mm -hmm. It's how they're going to advertise. It's how they're going to draw people in. It's Mm -hmm. it's a a business.
0: Okay. Now, if you look at another thing I want to address Mm -hmm. is the movies or the projects that each of the villains has been addressed in. Mm -hmm. For example, if you saw Thanos, Thanos was addressed in probably the biggest Marvel movie before Infinity War, which was the first Avengers movie, which was the first sort of coming together and the bonding of all the Avengers. Okay. Now... Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes. Okay, we have quite an immature audience here. And no, no, uh-huh. nothing like that. Okay, anyways. Now, but with Kang, you see, a lot of his introduction has come through something like Loki. Or projects mm-hmm. like, and he's supposed to be the big main attraction in Ant-Man as well. So do you think the names that you choose to associate with villains like Thanos or King really influence what your audience is going to think of them?
1: I think so as well Because like with Thanos We see this, our, our main cast Our mm-hmm. Iron Man Our Captain Americas yep. Now with Kang We have Ant-Man <laughs> That's not a very opposing <laughs> Is there a bit of a
0: Judgment being made there?
1: Yes I mean If we see the Ant-Man movies You can see mm-hmm. that The character in itself Is somewhat of a joke right? We see okay. there's a lot of Humor involved with those movies it's A mm-hmm. similar problem to what Happened with Thor Love and Thunder okay. We need to see this character In a different light A different mm-hmm. version of themselves To truly make Kang An opposing threat mm-hmm.
0: So now that we were looking At projects that haven't Been released Like for example Ant-Man mm-hmm. Now What do you think the future of Marvel really is? We talked about it a bit, that they can perhaps replicate what they did with Thanos in accordance to what they're going to do with Kang. But Mm. let me propose a new idea. What about the end of the MCU? Do you think Mm. that can ever be achieved?
1: I think, well, they want to constantly keep breaking in money. So mm-hmm. the reason why they're expanding their IP is because mm-hmm. at some point it's going to have to end. At some point there has to be a finish line because if there's not, the quality is going to deteriorate to such a level where they're consuming more resources than their, the income they're making. Mm-hmm. And when that occurs, they're going to go to their other branches that they've already created. Those branches are going to sprout into their own trees. Mm-hmm. Like the world of games, whether it be the world of the streaming services, those are always going to exist. And that's how mm-hmm. they're going to make in most of their money.
0: Okay. So now let me pose this question. How does if the MCU was to end, if the quality has really deteriorated so much and they have really flushed out the best of their content that that they could, how do you bring an end about to something like the MCU? We have probably already seen a brilliant villain in the form of Thanos and some would even argue that perhaps that could have been the end. That Thanos' end could have been the end. Endgame... Perhaps could have been the last movie, but they decided to top that they decided to come right back with another hero mm-hmm. or another villain rather in Kang So now if you're gonna keep repeating this process of you know Building up your heroes in a long line of standalone movies that connect together in some way in a web Then going to your big reveal of the villain uh, a villain uh, Whose first movie in which he wins and then you of course your, your heroes retaliate and come together to save the day mm-hmm. It's exactly what happened in, in Infinity War and Endgame now. That is what we are expecting to happen in the Kang Dynasty and Secret Wars. So if you're going to keep repeating this thing, how do you end it if everything is so cyclical?
1: I think that's why it has such longevity. I think mm-hmm. they're going to carry it out to its utmost and if they end it, it's because the people revolt. It's because the people no longer want to watch them. Okay. It is, everything is based on how much money is being made and money mm-hmm. will no longer be made if people lose interest. Okay. And when that time does occur, well, it's up to them to figure out how they're going to end it. Okay. I, I doubt it'll be abrupt. I, I'm sure that they'll have a large lead-up and a build-up. Mm-hmm. It's much similar to the first phase, but in a much larger scale
0: okay now let's look past game let's look past what's happening right now Mm. and what marvel has promised or already started to very smartly and i must say in terms of their marketing Mm. and building hype for it they've already sort of spread some rumors about what's coming in phase seven of course this is looking very far ahead and probably one of the maybe it could be argued one of the weaknesses of marvel that they're advertising so much and putting like a lot of expectation on themselves already yes but one of the big things that is everyone's really excited about is the mutant saga Mm. the return of the X-Men, the return of the Fantastic Four. What is that prospect like to you?
1: Well, I'm quite interested to see what Marvel can do with the X-Men because Mm -hmm. we've already seen the X-Men in the big screen. We've Mm -hmm. already seen the X-Men in many different types of media. And now it's under their hands. So Mm -hmm. we already have a comparison with what Marvel can do to what has already been done with them. So you can really see Marvel's capabilities with these. Mm -hmm. Now, how do you think these
0: sagas really gel together? Because if you look... At Thanos, and if you look at this Kang saga, mm-hmm. has there really been some spillover? Because Thanos ended, and right away we were back at it with another mm-hmm. big villain, right? Yes. Now, do you think, how realistic is it to really just abruptly end one saga and go to another? Like, for example, their movies sort of weave together in this web. Mm-hmm. Do you think their sagas should sort of do the same thing? Like, how do you imagine... This Kang saga ending, and then right away we're jumping into a completely different movie with different characters, different heroes being introduced in the mutant saga.
1: I think that's just how they're going to go about it. I do not think there's going to be much carryover within the phases. Mm -hmm. In a way, they also want to think of it like this a new brand new person to the Marvel franchise mm-hmm. right this is a 15th phase right where we're mm-hmm. deep into it mm-hmm. and they're starting out on the first movie of this new phase mm-hmm. they probably want to clean the slate a little bit so okay. the person who comes into this uh, cinematic universe doesn't have to watch every single past movie mm-hmm. that's kind of what they're doing here to make it more accessible to a new viewer
0: so you're so you're saying that Marvel Perhaps in cleaning the slate is allowing for more the audience to grow a lot more yes. rather than having to watch previous movies and going through the entire phases to come to the point where they're at right now. Exactly. That's what, I'm
1: trying, okay. what I was one of my train of thoughts.
0: Mm. Now with the mutant saga, the thing is that how Well, is that going to flow? Because, of course, and how much has Marvel already prepared for it? Because we've already seen, according to Marvel and according to their producers, a couple of mutants already being introduced in this phase itself. We've seen Miss Marvel, Mm -hmm. uh, sort of a secondary hero that was introduced on the Disney Plus platform. And probably the one I'm most excited for, Namor. Mm -hmm. We've already seen him being introduced as a main villain of a standalone movie. Now, how do you think, is Marvel already planning this phase for quite a while? And Mm -hmm. do you think all of these characters are going to gel well together and sort of really come together in the same way as the avengers did because of course if you're going into a mutant saga your core focus of heroes is going to change of course ant-man hulk whoever we have left from the avengers aren't really going to stay there so how do you justify the ending of this core that has meant so much to the audience and direct your attention to the same investment level to a new core of these mutants that we have so-called already been introduced to
1: well I think that even though we lose our primary characters, they can mm-hmm. still, they have a chance to tell a new story with these newer characters. Okay. As long, they, as, although it's difficult to build a connection since mm-hmm. there have likely less movies, since Marvel's pacing has quickened a lot since their first like, first years. Our first mm-hmm. Iron Man movies, first Captain America movies, they would focus on one or two characters at most. Mm-hmm. And now you have movies that are meshing in three or four characters because there's just so many of them. Yeah. So I feel like it'll be difficult to build a connection, but Marvel still has a chance to tell an interesting story. So are you saying the future for Marvel is looking quite bright then? I would say so, yes. Marvel is quite established already, and I think they're going to continue on a relatively good train. Although it depends on whether their quality, but like we saw in the recent phase, is going to deteriorate or maybe stabilize, maybe even increase.
0: All right then, well, that is all I have for you, Mr. Umar. Thank you for joining me today. Do you have any last comments?
1: No, not really. I have a 15-hour flight back to LA.
0: Okay, well... Of course, we have to let our celebrity guest go. Thank yes, you yes. for joining us. You're welcome for being here. And we'll see you with an even better guest next time. Huh? What? Better guest? Impossible. Exactly. See you next time.